Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning, and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. It's Wednesday, the 29th of April, and I'm back with my wife, Rachel McClanahan. Hello. And my name is Brendan. And we are going to be reading for you 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 through 25 from the NRSV. And uh, I'll take it away. You want to take it away? Thank you, Rachel. For it is a credit to you, if being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. If you endure when you are beaten for doing wrong, what credit is that? But if you endure when you do right and suffer for it, you have God's approval. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that free from sins we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were going astray like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. So good. What do you think, Bren? What comes to mind? Yes. Well, you just pointed out right before we press play, right before we press record, that this comes right after Peter talks about submission to rulers and masters. So submission to ruling authorities and also slaves submitting to servants submitting to their masters. And that's when he says... If you are are beaten while suffering unjustly, if you endure pain while suffering unjustly, so that is to say, it's not some uh, hypothetical, um, big picture view of like enduring pain and suffering. Um, it's really day to day sufferings that we yeah. experience. So that's the context of this, which just immediately brings this passage really close to me. What? pains do I endure day after day after day? Um, and then Peter connects it with the cross. He says, suffer through those things righteously, just like Christ did. So, But just to pause right there, um, to be able to identify the suffering in my life and how am I bearing that suffering? How am I bearing the pain in my life? How am I bearing like disappointment, um, change, grief, loss, pain, suffering, all that kind of stuff? And I can think of, we were just talking about some people in our lives that we can look at who are exemplars to us of people who have uh, suffered righteously. Um, I think of some people in, um, not my family, I would kind of consider them my family, like people who have had cancer and who have gone through that and suffered righteously through it and um, held their faith through that. And it has been an example for me about how to uh, endure suffering in my own life. Mm-hmm. This kind of brings out a different suffering being the persecution piece of, you know, believers being abused um, and, and, and taking up our cross. Um, 
I, I wrote down, we're called not to just believe that Christ was crucified, but we are called to be crucified with Christ. Um, we're being called in the, these verses to follow his example. When he was abused, he did not return abuse. When he yep. suffered, he did not threaten. And the thing that stuck out to me was he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. I think times when I felt, um, you know, quote unquote, abused, um, by coworkers or just people that have let me down and like, ugh, did not lift me up, but kind of caused me to fail. Um, I want justice. I want to seek yeah. justice. I want to go to them. I want to make things right. I want to get leadership and, you know, um, and this is convicting to me in that, um, you know, Jesus knew that what was being done to him was not right, but he didn't fight it. He entrusted, um, those people himself and his abusers to, to God, who is the ultimate judge. Yes. Yeah, so something like, I love your example at work. Cause that's easy to talk about something happens at work. That seems like it's not right. Yeah. Someone's not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Someone's lying. Mm-hmm. So, someone's getting away with something. Um, and you feel like they can't get away with this. Right. We can't, how, I need to do something about this. And certainly there is space and room for advocacy, I right. think. Yeah. But how are you able to entrust? Is it possible to actually trust God in the midst of that? And do we actually think, do, we, do I actually think that God's actually going to do anything about it? Right. You know? That was the convicting part. You know, it's like, I feel like I need to work it out. Like I'm, if you know, if I don't do something, stuff's going down. Yep. And so, yeah, the idea like that God is in control, so I can humbly advocate and speak out for mm. what I saw was wrong, um, but not with this like self righteousness. Like I'm in the right. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I think a great funny example of this is Jane and Grace when they get. I mean, they have a very clear sense of what's. Fair. fair. <laughs> yes. You hear the word fair a hundred times a day. It's That's, not fair. I know. And then they take it, when they take it into their own hands to try to execute, like when they try to parent each other, that's when it gets nasty. It's like <laughs> one tries to like keep a toy away from the other person or, you know, decides to say, I'm if you don't do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did that come from? Yeah. And I want to say to Jane, let me be the parent. Yeah. That's let, true. let me be the that's parent. Good, okay. Um, and I feel like God might be saying that to me in this passage. Uh, let me be the parent. Let me be God here. Don't go trying to settle scores or make things right, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, trust in me. I will take care of it, which makes us seem like we're doing nothing, being passive and letting it, things just happen. Um, and that's my fear is that if you just let things go, I mean, how much do we need this in our marriage too? Like, like if something hurts one another, if we say something that hurts one another, um, do is it up to one another to retaliate against each other, or <laughs> are we able to just be silent and be like, okay, um, it's not. I'm not going to try to settle the score here. I'm going to trust in God. Oh, I know that's so hard. I feel yeah. We I mean we had a that's conversation true. Monday. A conversation fight, a, a quote unquote conversation a fight um, about. <laughs> what was fair right and so then something else comes up later in the week i'm like remember you said this so i'm gonna hold you to this 
Remember you said <laughs> Monday you were upset about this, that when I did it, but then when you did it, you know, now I have to be no, upset. Yeah. I know. You guys. It's bad. Yeah. We do not have a perfect marriage. I'll never, <laughs> never claim that. <laughs> oh, I know. But in trusting um, God to be the one in control and the one who judges justly. Yep. That's and what, that's what. For me, this is maybe my favorite passage about the atonement and what the cross means for me um for me the meaning of the cross like what did jesus what actually happened on the cross like what cosmic thing like happened to take away my sin and this passage explains it to me in the most concrete terms that i can actually understand oh when we abused jesus when we did the worst thing we could ever do to him by nailing him to a cross he did not return abuse and when he, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judged justly. He treated us as if we were not sinning against him. He treated us as if we were perfect in his eyes. That's what it means. Like, And so I know that no matter what I do to Jesus, nothing justified him acting out against me. And that shows that he loves me unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm filled with that same love. If I re- realize that, I realize that it was for for love that Jesus died on the cross, then that fills me with a divine, uncomprehensible love to be like, I I am bound to pay that forward to others. Like mm-hmm. that's how I ought to live. And that's what Peter is saying, I feel like, in this passage. Like, this is what nothing is too small that the cross would overlook it. Mm-hmm. Like even things at work. I mean, they're talking about servants and masters. You could say social workers and their bosses Mm -hmm. when you get abused at work or, you know, husbands and wives, or like it says, you know, uh, citizens and their rulers. Mm -hmm. Um, We are people who trust in, we entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly and we love others no matter what, even to the point of death. And that's a high, that's a high, high call. calling. That's a but high, that's the atonement. High that, call. That's what we've been rescued into. And if we can't do that, have we really written, have we really received God's love on the cross for us? Mm. I don't know if we have. So like I'm still working on that. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. This idea of suffering, um, being willing to go to the cross. I mean, these are passages that are all over the New Testament, right? Suffering is all over. Yep. Um, I just wanted to bring up this um, Letters to the Church is a book that you and I both read, yep. I think, um, a year um, ago. Elders so. at Church read it, okay. too. Yeah. Um, Francis Chan, he's out in San Francisco um, leading a movement called We Are Church. We Are the and Church. He's, and he's talking, he talks about, um, you know, people in Iran and Iraq and China who are experiencing that suffering, that persecution, and they're almost like telling stories with laughter, he shares, because... Um, you know, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Um, we just don't know that in the United States. We don't know that persecution and suffering. Um, and so I'm just going to read a passage here, uh, or a little excerpt of the book. Um, he says, We may never have to run from physical suffering like our brothers and sisters around the world, but many have chosen to run from the suffering of rejection. More and more often, people are starting to water down their convictions because they don't want to offend anyone. 
instead of embracing the persecution that comes with standing out from against the world, from and against the world, we have begun to embrace the world to try to convince it to tolerate us. That's not the way it was supposed to be. He shares John 15. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. This is Jesus talking now. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute persecute you. It's John 15, 18 through 20. Um, I underlined that. I remember when we read this and this whole chapter on being crucified with Christ really hit me because this is hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that idea that, um, you know, we don't want to offend anyone. So we water down our con- convictions. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to go against the grain. Yeah. That's, I feel that. I feel that. I, that's something I struggle with because... Yeah, you know, I think you talk about loving people, and sometimes loving people's, you know, not going against them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also but, a little tricky, like living in West Michigan. At least the section of West Michigan we're in, there's just a general Christianness in the air, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes it weird to be a Christian because Christians have always been on the margins throughout history. Right. And, um, it's the Christianity the was born here. Murdered. <laughs> That's like, well, at least it's not perceived as being the case. Right. And it's just like, um, you know, it's, it's kind of assumed. And so either you go, well, I don't need to talk about it because it's kind of a given. Or, um, if I talk about it, it sounds like I'm preaching to the choir or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. Um, so the, and I don't know. So it, it's kind of tricky too in our context, and probably all the more to make sure that we're living according to the Bible and not according to the therapeutic moralistic deism that surrounds us, mm-hmm. but just like um, living according to our faith. Mm-hmm. So making sure we know what we believe and that we can stand on it and not just kind of go along with the flow of what people tell me to think. Yeah. So even just him um, differentiating the physical suffering versus the suffering of rejection. Right. That's more what I would, I feel is the suffering of rejection. Yeah. I don't physically suffer for my faith in God. Yeah. Like Christ suffered for me. Although I would say like for this passage, there are everyday kinds of sufferings like, like, uh, you know, being stuck at home. Mm-hmm from coronavirus um yeah like having a sickness yeah um, like being alone like getting you know having your kids you know have a bad day and it's just exhausting whatever i think that's also it's not part of the persecution that francis chan is talking about that would water down our faith but it is part of the suffering and i think we need to learn how to bear all kinds of suffering like christ bore it Mm -hmm. you know in order to experience his his um his atonement and resurrection power in all the areas of our lives so i'm still definitely working on that but there is that aspect too of you know fearing suffering rejection and how that affects our witness right so those are all good things to consider cool thanks rachel well uh that was our morning reflection so join us tomorrow morning i hope you have a great wednesday this wednesday the 29th um 
tomorrow we're going to be looking at John 10, whoop, whoop. 1 through 10. So we will catch up with you then. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.